Hey y'all, DFoss here. My goal with this Limitless Theory 360 podcast is to connect you with the very people that have positively impacted my life and will continue to impact thousands of others by providing education-based and actionable techniques to creating a limitless perspective on life. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another podcast with the LT360 crew. Today, I'm here with somebody who used to be an athlete of mine uh, back at Brandeis University when I was working undergrad as a student. Um, Someone that was a phenomenal soccer player, and I worked pretty closely with because he was going through an injury, and he was new to the school, just like I was when I got there and was working there. So it was cool. We got to, you know, got to connect a lot in the athletic training room and really catch a vibe for each other, which was just an awesome experience overall. And since we've, you know, lost contact, stayed in contact, gone back and forth, he went on to play professional soccer. And I'm going to let him dive into that especially. But now he is, coincidentally enough, new to the Chicago area after, after living in Florida, very close to where I am living now. So uh, we've crossed paths on, on quite a few, you know, different waves and platforms, but uh, it's cool to be able to have him here. I think he's going to bring a lot to you guys if you guys can listen in and pay attention. So, Sam, how's it going today, brother? Wow, what an introduction. Thank you, man. Really going above and beyond for me, dude. I am phenomenal. Thanks for having me today. Good. I'm glad. Uh, what what makes you phenomenal today? Or is that just something that you're working on? Like, how are we going to answer that question? Oh, I'm already prepared. That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of what I tell myself every day. And since I just started to implement that mindset into my day, day after day, mm-hmm. every day has been pretty phenomenal. Because even if something bad happens for 10 minutes, it's just happened in that instant it's over and done with and I just got to keep going. So with that mindset, every day is a pretty good day. No, I definitely like the approach, right? Like if it happened most of the time, it's done and over with. And it's your decision to sit there and keep thinking about it. Whereas if it's going to be a phenomenal day, you can't let that little scenario ruin that because you have it set in your mind. It's going to be a good day. Definitely. And here's a super, super simple example, right? Maybe you show up three minutes late to work. For some people, you might be worried about being three minutes late to work throughout half the day until your lunch break. And then you think about, well, how much more productive could I have been if I said, okay, I'm already here. Might as well make the most of being here right now. Say hi to everyone and have a great day and use that to work even harder than what I initially was going to do. Yep. Because now I have three minutes to make up for, not three you know, three minutes to sulk about and and keep on my mind. Exactly. And on top of that, you know, when you realize, oh my goodness, I'm going to be late, you're already thinking about work on your way to work. Whereas maybe if you came super early, you're going to settle in because you got there nice and early and give yourself a premature pat on the back when you have another eight hours to go. Yeah. It's all perspective, man. Yeah. I think a big part of that for me, um, because I'm terrible with time. Uh, I really am. Um, Obviously, there's people that are far worse, but for where I want to be, I know I'm nowhere near as efficient as I could be and I should be. So 
for me, it's been a journey of waking up far before I have to be anywhere because there's a lot of things that I like to do, take my time to settle into my energy and my day before I go express anything to the world. So um, it's, it is day by day. Last week, I, I struggled with it more because I had you know friends in town. So all of a sudden that got thrown off whack and it wasn't only like, oh, I was, you know, cutting it close to my morning client, but like throughout the day, things just started to pile up and they come at you much, much quicker. Cause you're not in that mental state of like, I'm ahead of the game. You're okay. like, I'm trying to catch up. I have to catch up. <laughs> I have to catch up. And all of a sudden things just come at you fast. Definitely. And the most ironic thing is to work on time management. The irony is that it takes time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, 100%. And, you know, a big thing is like, um, for example, I use, you had a bunch of things written down. Yeah. Right? Like it takes time to plan out things to be more efficient at them. Yeah, right. and what's kind of crazy to me is this is what we still consider off the top of the dome for this sort of interview because I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And in the last five minutes, I was like, oh, I got to make sure I remember that. Got to make sure I remember that. Jot down this, jot this down. Exactly. Speaking of things coming at you fast, man, um, from everything that happened after we stopped working together at Brandeis, what, right. is that, what has that been like? Because you've gone from Brandeis to mm -hmm. home, international, to Florida, to yeah. like, you've bounced around quite a bit. Things have come at oh, you yeah. fast. and you're still sitting here having phenomenal days. So <laughs> that's right. Oh man. That's the, that's the one thing that has not changed. Word. So can you give us a little insight on, on what has happened since uh, graduating? Sure. Okay. So just to give your audience a little bit of perspective, I had a sense of I'd be able to play professional soccer before going to Brandeis. Mm -hmm. That was one of those it was more than a mentality I believed I had because since 16, 17, I was playing Canadian national team. I was playing with them. And uh, I remember I, used, I went on a trip to Spain with them, totally free of charge, got to play against Azerbaijan, the UAE, Mexico, United States, like super, super big, cool, amazing experience. So when you have those sort of opportunities, they really are eye-opening. So even going through college, it wasn't necessarily – oh, I hope I score a million goals. Granted, I'm a defender, so that wasn't really my job. But mm -hmm. it wasn't, if I don't win these next seven games, I'm never going to be seen. So I had that sort of plan going into school. Right. Now, exposure, because both years I was working with you guys, you guys were Final Four team. Yeah, I actually, uh, I scored in that second Final Four. Yeah, I remember. Still lost. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you did what you could, man. It's okay. I, yeah, I really did. And it was... Great team effort. You know how it goes. I don't have to go down that track, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep, absolutely. Right. So then since graduating, I knew that I was going to be going to Israel in August of last year. Cool. And I went to Israel actually that January just to test the waters during my winter break. Ah, uh, okay. I, I was able to go with one of – I had a family friend who was a former pro in Israel as well. So he was said after that last season, depending how I play and watch the games, take me over there early, get a sense of what it would be like and what level I was at relative to 
the professionals midseason. Exactly. So I went there in January and I ended up staying for about three, a little more than three weeks. So I actually missed a couple of days of school, probably two weeks. Yeah. And that's a, that's a whole nother argument of should I have missed school? And the answer is without a doubt, yes. But <laughs> I got a sense of that. Just folks made sure I could graduate. Uh, I graduated in econ at Brandeis with a business minor. And the next three months were just kind of training at home, Florida, nice humidity, working inside. And now you know exactly what I'm talking about with it. Yes. So really just training in that transitional period, knowing that I had a plan set. And it was just a matter of timing it for their start of preseason. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I know things came at you fast once you got Oh, yeah. All right. So, and that's something that you, you dealt with at Brandeis too was, um, was injuries. Right. And that's, yep. that's a tough thing to go through. I know you posted something about that the other day. Uh, right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, or it might've been, a, oh, I, it's a, if it was the post prior, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I was like, no, I was looking at it the other day. It was from, there we go. Um, so, so walk us through that. Cause I, I went through an injury, um, my senior year of basketball as well, but okay, I want to get your sense and your feel for, for going through something like that. Sure. So I think what really ended up happening is this again, you need the context. I at 14 had my first meniscus tear. It's pretty minor. So I don't think that I, I definitely came back too early from that initial surgery where my recovery was maybe three weeks. I was playing like full on just with a brace. Um, that sort of, I guess looking back at now might be a bad habit, but then so senior year of high school, I dislocated my shoulder playing basketball on a cruise, which was just all oh, the absolute worst. I tore my labrum and dislocated it in like the same play. I went up for a rebound and it just, went backwards yeah I remember you telling me that story because that's what I used to help you out with a lot exactly right that shoulder wrap yeah and even with Israel it had nothing to do with the shoulder it just happened to be that 10 days before going to Israel I re-messed up my meniscus in the same knee so what, what's that shot that they give you it's not a, is it a cortisone shot cortisone shot yeah right so they said that I probably would need surgery before going to Israel or take the cortisone shot and kind of see how you feel. It's probably going to fade after a little bit. Yeah. And I definitely went with the latter option because I wasn't going to stop after coming so close. Yeah. All things considered, going through Israel playing with, what, two teams out there, debuting in my first game, and I got to start play first 75 minutes out of 90 minutes, shut out, win the game. Everything felt good, but it wasn't an unfamiliar feeling. But at the end of the day, the – Decision to leave was a combination of both that injury, future fear of anything with the shoulder, mm-hmm. and the financial difference in currency and what it would equate to, dollar per dollar on salary and stuff like that. That was a really big factor that most people might not really understand without knowing that industry. Yeah. No, that's actually a, an interesting point because I think it's it's overlooked um, how kind of lucky we are here, right? And the um financial aspect of things uh, obviously but what did it take for 
for you to make that decision? Was it something that you had to sit there and do yourself, like write out pros mm. and cons, or was it something that you had to constantly talk to people about? Did you have okay. people that you conversed with? Right. Cause I think big decisions like that, especially at, you know, the transitioning age of like getting out of college or getting out of high school and making transitions between 18 and 25, those things, um, they're delicate. Right. And they, they have this, this presence of like, this is going to affect me for the rest of my uh, life. Yeah. It's this the do or die moment that yeah, is going to yeah. redefine my life forever and ever. <laughs> yeah. That is so not true. Right. Like we just overthink it so, so much, but it, it does have this serious connotation where who do I talk to about this? Who can I trust? Right. Do I keep it inside? Do I just figure it out myself? So where does your head go with things like that? I guess I have two answers to that because the situation with respect to soccer, unfortunately, was not very who I didn't I wasn't afforded the luxury of that much time. Mm. It's a very time sensitive thing trying to sign with the team, solidify the deal. I went there on my dime. Uh, when I went there in January, mind you, I did not pay at all. I went with the person who represented me as my agent, but he got sick, unfortunately. So I had to, everything from that point on in August was all me trying to network and figure it out. You know, you consider the time difference. Uh, so parents are really, they hear it a little after the fact, trying to play catch up. So it all came down to me and it wasn't really a, pros and cons it was almost like how much can my body physically take and what is the cost benefit analysis when it comes to financial because I and also came down to my agents is what I'm saying it's a very particular thing so to really not waste your your guys time to give more of a synopsis of how it is there one thing to consider is citizenship I think I'd mentioned that to you before where a lot of people Let's say if you're from a country like France, if you're a French citizen, they would rather train someone who's 15, 16 years old in France, go through, have them run through their academy, not pay them. And when they're proved they're good enough, you can offer them a minimal contract. They already live in the area. It's not a big deal. Maybe they get a part-time job. And that's out of the top two leagues, obviously. Yeah. So a lot of countries set, tend to follow that model specifically in soccer because it's such an international sport where – a lot of leagues, you're only allowed in some leagues to have like maybe three to five international players. So you have to pick and choose wisely. So when it came down to the final dollar number offer for the, the league and very poor negotiating with my agents at the time, it just didn't make sense for, I would have had essentially fake an injury. That was kind of my plan deal. What if I just get signed? Cause I literally could have signed like that same day maybe two days later dealt with pain, faked an injury, got surgery and been signed and secured. Uh, and if the income was there, my work ethic's going to be there. Yeah. But that's just not how the time really played out. And I was able to come to that decision in Israel, all things considered, because I knew that even while going to college, even at that level, it's funny because even going to college versus pro academy from the high school age middle school age all that sort of stuff you're already starting to carve that additional path from the get-go 
yeah. something we don't really consider. Which so is, I, yeah. Yeah, which is why, too, like, the the decision, like, process from 18 to 25, right, whatever decision it may be, it does start to carve some sort of path, right? And we just think that that path is, like, that's the only path we have now. <laughs> There's no forks in the road. It's just going to be down that road. Um, but now, obviously, like, looking back, you've come to other forks in the road, right? Since, since all of that has happened. Um, and now you're back and right. what are you, what are you doing specifically for work to give context to, to everybody? Sure. So I'm currently in Chicago working as a research associate at a company called Competiscan, where they do competitive marketing intelligence. So instead of really going overboard and explaining it really elaborately, Let's, I'll give you an example. Let's say Walgreens wants to see what Walmart is marketing. What are they sending to people who are customers or people they're trying to make customers through their direct mail, email, social media, all that sort of stuff. We're able to see some of that sort of marketing that comes to consumers and create reports and have trends in industry insight. So I, I focus on the financial services industry. And do my I focus my research there to know what's going on with banks, how they talk to small businesses, small business cards, all the different types of credit cards, benefits, all that sort of stuff. So I'm slowly learning that industry. Cool. I'm looking for a bank right now, actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, for the LLC, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to figure out who to do my banking with. Um, not really worried about the credit card aspect of it. For sure. Um more so worried about the overall um just i would say customer services uh from from a bank standpoint and, and what they charge on a monthly basis to keep a bank account open with them and right I, I bounced back and forth quite a few times chase bank of america citizens uh -huh. um well, oh, so, and you're in Pompano too. I mean, you have quite a few options. And because of where you're at, another, one of the things that people might not consider as their first thing when starting a, a business or new idea, you do, it's weird because you do when you go to college and when you choose your first job, you totally consider location, but then it seems like it kind of goes out the window when you're trying to start your goals. Yeah. So by that, I mean, you're probably traveling to Miami a lot. So does it make sense to have a more geographically local bank or a Southeast bank, like regions bank or something like that versus a bigger bank that's just going to be around because you're traveling all the time. Yeah. Well in the future, I'm going to be traveling most of the time. Like that's, that's the whole foundation of limitless. So. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. So then let's, let's travel. What'd you say? I said, let's travel maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I need I need something that's going to be um, well known around the country. Definitely. Okay, that makes sense. So um, that's kind of why Chase has stood out. Um, I I currently have Chase, so I totally. I'm not going to be a pro anyone, but it's they're pretty solid. Okay, cool. That's good to know. Another another uh, testimonial. Never hurts. <laughs> <laughs> really. Yeah. I guess as I'm a little biased though, in Chicago, Chase is one of the bigger places to have. Versus, 
Oh, where are they based out of? Do you know? I don't actually know where their HQ is, but I definitely know that in that like Boston, Waltham, LaSalle area, yeah. no chase whatsoever. No, not at all. <laughs> so I get it. Um, so now what's it like being in Chicago? What are you learning there and how are you going about um, things like living? Like you, you just up and moved there by yourself. Um, yeah, as a I did. Job and it was only what uh six to eight weeks ago the final move for the job yeah i think now it's been damn it's really been like two weeks over three months now it's been a minute yeah i moved here uh like second week of july damn i can't believe it's been that long since july yeah (laughs) dude i'm telling you 2020 is right around the corner we have under 80 days to make these moves right so (laughs) It's rapidly, rapidly coming at us. Right. Um, but uh, I could answer that question that you'd ask. So I did move totally myself. Uh, my prior experience which in Chicago was that I went to Loyola Chicago the first two years before transferring to Brandeis. Yeah. Dude, if there's one thing that you're going to take away from today, it's I really am a man with a plan. I don't like to act. I don't like to do things without some sort of background plan some sort of perspective where I could really map out the pros and cons for doing it. That said, I'm also very good at spontaneity in my social life and all those things where you're with camaraderie and people and new opportunities. But I understand the risk, not the risk per se, but I really think about everything before I act. So with that said, uh, right after I had, I came back from Israel, this was literally last October. So it's been over a year now. Um, after getting the surgery, I knew that I wanted to move to Chicago right away. It was my biggest network of both professionally and socially, I would say. One of my best friends from Loyola is one of my best friends like for life now, happens to live in this area. Someone who you might even want to consider interviewing. He's up to some really cool stuff with his businesses as well, just as a side note. But uh, I started working in Florida just for a little bit to save up some money so that when I was able to relocate and move here, I would have no problems. So it really was, I I didn't move for the job as much as I wanted to move to the location, find a job in the fields of interest that makes sense where I'm I'm very, very picky about, oh my God, I don't want to pay rent. Like everything in my major told me that's a stupid idea financially, but the opportunities that I was going to have allowed me to backtrack and find the job that way. And as I don't even know if I told you, but my CEO plays soccer. He went to Michigan State so on the soccer team there. So I ended up at a company where I've gotten to play soccer with my CEO. Like, how cool is that? Yeah, that's that's something that when you just up and move somewhere uh, without a plan, those things don't develop. Most of the oh, you can't do it in certain areas too. It's too expensive. It's yeah, a it's a real bad plan. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of how I went about my move to Florida, man. It was like I went down here and I had saved up money. Um, and I had also put myself in a position where I could drive like Lyft and Uber, right? Which like sounds mm-hmm. stupid, but like, hey, if it's going to pay for me to eat food while I, you know, search for a job that I genuinely want, then it makes all the sense in the world. You know, I, I have a good amount of money saved up and then I can make enough cash in between alongside everything that I was doing, you know, on the online business end of things with selling products and 
having um, connections and other people doing the same thing. So all of those things kind of played into it, right? Like I build that almost, you know, solid foundation enough to where I moved down here and I had time to just, I, I don't think I found a job for like four or five weeks. And oh, wow. I found something that I was looking for at the time. So, I mean, it just shows that being spontaneous is great and all, but like mm-hmm. you've got to have some sort of foundation and some sort of plan. Um, and you have to be precise in what you're looking for. You have to, you have to be aware of what you want and where you're going to succeed. Right. Right. That's what it is, man. Mm-hmm. So now on the day to day, like, are you working a, a general nine to five kind of hour? Right. Okay. So the job is technically it's eight to four thirty, which is 8.5 hours really, but it, it, you don't feel the difference. I personally really enjoy it because especially given that I'm in Chicago. So I live maybe 25 ish minutes out of the deep, deep, deep city. So I'm in the city, but within the public transportation access. So I'm like, only like, te- like maybe a little over 10 stops away from the main downtown area, which is still considered actual Chicago, same zip code and everything. So for me to get on a train around 4.40 instead of 5 o'clock makes a world of difference because, you know, earlier we were talking about time management and timing being one of those things. So I get very anal about those things. And because I've been networking at my job about three or four days of the week, one of the VPs of my company actually drives me home from work because he lives two blocks away. And I wouldn't have known that if I didn't start talking to him. Yeah, absolutely. You got to open your mouth, right? Exactly, man. And sometimes people to you if they see that you're someone who's approachable. True, because you have that that facial expression. You have you have open body language. You see other people see how you communicate with people, especially when another big thing is like how you respond. When if if I'm sitting with headphones in my ears at work, let's say, and you ask me a question, am I like rolling my eyes, taking them out, freaking out, like you just ruins my day, or am I just excited that you even asked me a question hey how can i help you Dylan? what's going on yeah yeah absolutely. it's a world of difference and it it goes so far and that's that's a big thing that um really influenced me giving um limitless theory the name is each decision every second every choice every action every word that comes out of your mouth it, it has an infinite infinite effect on something down the road right there Mm. there's a trickle effect there is a ripple effect in some way or another whether we see it or not um and that's just how i look at everything and obviously you can't be a hundred percent perfect it's not something to be overwhelmed about it's not something to be anxious about it's something to be excited about and energized about like hey i have the opportunity to make something better tomorrow because of what I do today and Mm. that may not just be for me but that may be for somebody else that may allow you know next week or whenever this you know releases because we decided to have this conversation today it can help somebody out in a week from now absolutely 
and that could change the way that someone says hi to someone the next day at work and that could change that person right so like it's just a constant flow and it, it keeps on going um so that's that is my theory on on decisions and things being limitless in that sense it's funny you say that and i'll tell you right now that one of those impacts moving forward is that you finish us taking time to do this episode will push me to get focused on my stuff so maybe someone listening on my end and then it's just a whole circle yes absolutely and that being said that was my next thing was to bring up what you have moving forward now now that you're settled there now that you've continued to get comfortable and you've continued to have phenomenal days after phenomenal days, <laughs> you that's right are putting yourself in a, a mental state where you're saying okay I, i've gotten accumulated to where i am what i want to do but now i want to continue to provide more value i want to continue to do more networking and your goal for that is podcasting um and I loved what we were talking about the other day, how you got the name for that. So right. I know the name, but I want, I want you to present it and uh, I want you to give a little backstory on how you came about it. Okay, absolutely. So one of the things, I'm working on two main things because I'm really trying to focus my time right now. Okay. First thing is what we've talked about. I'm also coming out with a podcast. It's going to be called The Why Applied. Uh, for those of you who know Simon Snack, I know Dylan's mentioned it before. Fantastic dude. Did you know that he went to Brandeis? Are you serious? Yeah, he ended up going to Brandeis for a bit. That was one of the interesting things about him why my friend mentioned him to me. So if you didn't know, now you do. Yeah, that's hilarious. It's, it's a very small world, man. Dude, it really is. Uh, you know what else I always think about um, is Gary Vee and how he went to Mount Ida. Yep. Which is a new, and I'm like, it's not even a school anymore, which is crazy. It's um, just insane, man. But so yeah, back so to, back to Simon or in the why. Right, right. Sorry. So with that, he talks about finding your why, and I'm not the best person to over-explain it, but from what I've gathered from, it's really about finding why you do things, what gets you going. People refer to it as their passion, their purpose drive, motivation. We've heard all these different things, but they're just an adjective talking about once you know what makes you click, backtrack. Now, how can you do it thus knowing how you operate? And with the why applied, I'm 23 years old. I'm not going to tell people older than me, oh man, you got to believe and keep digging because they could respond to me with, have you seen my bills? And I'll be like, no, I haven't actually had to incur this bill in my life yet. But what I can talk about is great. You have an idea, you're driven, let's get you started. Let's find you the resources to get you started on what you need to do. And it's not really so much a business where I need to pitch to coach or pitch to service, even though I've thought about those sort of options and giving financial advice for this company starting up. That's a lot of information I could give for free because at the end of the day, me giving this information to my competition means nothing because it's like you say, it's the limitless theory. It's really about going above, above, above and beyond yourself and helping other people. And I really know that I just want people to get started. I, if I'm at a bodybuilding competition and someone doesn't know how to do a push-up, me teaching them a push-up does not mean they're going to be me directly off of that. It's just really giving people the opportunity to grow and perform. Because if 
what do they say in a lot of team sports? Uh, how's that expression go? You're only as strong as your weakest link, right? Yes, sir. What if you're bringing up the weakest link? How strong is your team? How strong is our society, right? Exactly. I always think of that in a sense of earth, society, human race. Like, why are we worried about, like, Joe Schmo who lives 10 minutes down the road or the guy who owns a gym, you know, around the corner? Like, there's nine coming on 8 billion people in this world, right? Right. (laughs) If that dude affects you, your mind is so focused and hyper-focused and and, uh, too zoomed in to to see the bigger picture anyways. So Exactly. And a lot of people might get stuck with analysis paralysis. That's another thing. So with the podcast, what I'm trying to do is segregate it down to if you want to start these really are the resources you need because sometimes if you want to get started an idea and you go down the internet loophole of 24 tabs open on your laptop and six open on your phone and the next thing you know even though it's 10 o'clock at night and you feel like you could go another hour you're overwhelmed you went to sleep with a bunch of information and you're gonna get to it but are you really so trying to be able to be that open book resource will really help people to go do what they still need to do i can't put in the work for people but I could suggest where to go. Exactly. That's, that is not your job. Uh, your job is to provide as much value as you can for someone else based on what you know, what you've learned, and what you've applied. There you go. That's it. It's all in the name, too. Yeah. And then be able to share that experience and hopefully give them enough information and resources to do what they want to do with it. And that's how I think about fitness and nutrition and business is the same thing right like i've learned what i've learned through experience and i can't tell you what when and why to eat what you should quote right right because it's going to be different for every single person but i can give you the tools i can give you the understanding and the baseline of education for you to take that amount of knowledge and apply it to your life right? Like what is going on in your life? Your day to day is much different than mine. So I can't tell you to, Absolutely, yeah. you know, I can't tell you to do this, that, and the next, or eat this for breakfast. Because if you work out at a different time during the day than me, then that breakfast is going to have a different effect on your workout. I mean, all of those things come into effect. It's, it's just about providing value and giving people the amount of education and information needed to make smarter decisions and be more efficient and not be the weakest link in the chain. Absolutely, and here's another way I like to think about it. If you, what if I told you that you, whatever school you want to go to, you could get in, but you wouldn't find out the cost of tuition or where it is until like three days before and like it opens. <laughs> You're not gonna be like, oh, what, $67,000? I was just happy to get into Harvard. You're going to think about the geographic location of the school. You're going to think of the cost of living. You're going to think of how much are books at this school versus another school. What's tuition going to be like? What's the campus like? Size, space, number of teachers, all those sort of considerations before you ultimately choose a school where you stay for under five years, typically speaking, for that first portion of it. Yeah. Why would you not apply the same things with your life? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Right. A lot, a lot of the time when you graduate, the problem is you kind of 
so, you know, society likes to pin things on just the education system. And I have a million and a half views of changes that I wish could be instilled. But even still, one of the things does it gives you routine. You have to know that you're going to get up and go to classes. You have control of when you necessarily go to class based on the classes you've selected. But you have, to some extent, it's not necessarily total fluctuation, but you have some sort of setup that you know you're going to classes, you know, have time allocated for a weekend and you have the choice to be as involved as you choose to be. You also don't go to college just for classes. You want to see extracurriculars. What are you going to do with your time to set you up for your goals? Mm -hmm. When you graduate, you can do whatever you want, technically speaking, as long as you pay your taxes. Yeah, true. So when you don't have that structure, there's no blueprint necessarily because everyone has their own sort of blueprint and plan laid out for them, which is why when we were talking about freaking out if this is the most important decision that's going to dictate my life, like, uh, you need to keep living, man. But I'm just trying to be able to take as many stories from not only just myself and what I believe, but from people that are making money that you wouldn't even know they were. Mm. One of the things I noticed was that my company, there are so many people doing things outside of my company where I was like, if I was the CEO, I don't know if I'd want this many people going ahead and doing these things because they're not focused on work. But at the end of the day, they are focused and we're leaning towards a world with all the sort of technological advances and instant access to each other and simple uh, payment methods that people right next to you at work with their headphones in or not going through the same day doing the same exact things you are on the same grind. You don't know what they're doing at home and they might be doing something cool that might even push you to get started. So trying to show stories of those people, both bigger name, smaller name, my experience is putting it all together to provide you with as many quote unquote blueprints to find your own personalized success plan from what I've experienced. True. I think that's a big portion of us just being vulnerable, right? And, and sharing what we've been through. And it provides a crap load of value because it gives perspective and it provides insight into what other people are going through, struggles you know, successes and how they've persevered or how they've put themselves in a position to get there or get out of there, right? Whether it be a good situation or a bad situation. Um, <clears throat> so what is, what is your timeline now on this, this podcast? What is, what is that looking like? Um, when, when are you going to air or record the first one? So I have been, because we're talking about openness and honesty. And I think that in the podcasting space for people like you and me, it's really nice to, because we're not so big name, we can really share more intimate moments that might stop someone who's about to start from it. I have been procrastinating like a mother effort, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I have, if you saw my, on my Gmail and my online docs, I have the next, how, I literally have it open here, 37 episodes down to a T written. I have five <laughs> or six of them already recorded. I know which guest is going to go where through the structure of how my show can be based on nice. the relevancy of like new show, what episodes are people going to see. But I haven't done the one basic thing. Upload. <laughs> Finish it. And uh, with this conversation today, I, how about we just go on air and just say a month? Let's okay. just call it What's today, the 27th? Yeah. All right, November 27th. We've cool. now officially set the date. 
taking so, action on Dylan's thing, guys. Check that out. <laughs> I love it. We gotta. That's got to be a clip. Hold me accountable, man. I'm ready for it. Um, November 27th, getting started. <laughs> Bam. I like that. I applied, bro. So I want to bring back um, that concept with Simon Sinek really quick. Yeah. Okay, let's go for it. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the video where he talks about starting with why, right? That was the name of his book, but he, mm-hmm. he does, uh, it may have been a TED talk or, or he does. Is it the thing where he goes like why, then like what or who or how or whatever? Yeah. Would you like to expand on that for them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's funny, I've tried to instill that from the second that I actually heard that speech. I went to my own profile on Instagram and I said, okay, before it was always what I offered, what I was trying to, like, what I was trying to offer. And then, you know, how I was doing that. And then what the the goal was, you know, or, or like some like, cool quote to kind of catch your eye at the end speaking on you know i want you to reach your limitless potential or something of that nature Mm, okay right and i looked at it and i was like okay so i'm starting with what and then i'm going into how and then why is last (laughs) and i was like let me flip-flop it so if you go on my my profile now you'll see that it starts with i want you to feel your limitless potential and then it goes into personalized nutrition and athletic right. and things like that. And then how is all the way at the bottom with like, okay, you can follow my links here or go check stuff out here. Wow. That's really smart that you took the time to pay particular attention to that. And it really does make a world of difference. So that's like nice that you noted that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, also people get paid like, thousands of dollars for people to consult them to tell them those things so just a pro tip watch out people yeah yeah <laughs> don't get jacked um but starting with why he talks about and i haven't read the book um i've i have watched this um this ted talk and a, a bunch of other videos that he's made quite a few times and what he does talk about is the difference between a commercial with say uh like chewy.com versus uh a commercial with a macbook right and like a new macbook is coming out um versus chewy.com is just trying to get you know people off of free shipping on their site right and the chewy.com website may start off with something like um you know your dog, uh, your dog wants a new treat. And this is, you know, this is where you're going to get it through Chewy.com because you have, you know, free shipping on $35 or more. And then it shows the dog being happy after. Oh, okay. Right. Versus, you know, a new MacBook commercial may start with, um, a guy like smiling on the top of a mountain and you know, then it goes into, it's like, you know, some, some quote 
probably. And you have no idea what kind of commercial this even is as of right now. Like you're like, Oh guy on top of a mountain. He just, you know, ended with a hike. He's got a smile on his face and then pulls out a MacBook or an iPhone. And then you get the what and the how after, but the why was, you know, he was already accomplishing something. He started off with um, some sort of fulfillment and then you bring the product or the service right that's smart i see what you're saying okay they do that with a lot of car commercials now you'll see like this really cool you know like off-roading or or like some deep conversation and then all of a sudden you see like an audi fly by yep (laughs) and it's like that's right the new audi r8 (laughs) and that's literally the only thing they talk about in their the only thing they throw out about the company is that last like three seconds of the commercial yeah. But the whole commercial leading up to that got you so intrigued and created such a an experience and a feeling that you now feel attached to that, right? You feel right. that feeling, that experience, that uh, emotion is attached to that car as opposed to here's the product, here's the car, now this is how you should feel afterward. Right, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And he, you know, he said, that's the basis of, of big companies. And, and they start with, how are we going to change the world? And then they play that backwards. And they, you know, they break down that infrastructure from a larger perspective. And then they zoom in instead of being right. right? And, and it's, it's pretty cool. Um, so that's kind of, it's very interesting for you to bring that to life with an actual podcast. Oh, without a doubt. And it's funny that you give this uh, example with these companies because in my line of work, I'm getting to know this marketing stuff. I wouldn't say before it comes out, before it's really mass understood and accepted, this is what they're doing right now. So I'll learn of a lot of mergers and acquisitions within companies as well as new offerings on certain things or seeing the trend shifts of, oh, damn, company X seems to be marketing more if they're like spending more time and money on this sort of like platform, be it social media instead of direct mail, mm-hmm. to be doing loyalty pieces instead of new acquisition. Because how many times have you heard that customer retention sometimes is the cheaper, better way to grow your business than trying to find new clients all the time? Really maximizing on you, what you are providing to them in order to get retention and get more money from those existing customers. Yeah. So I really get to see some of those insights. So very interesting you mentioned that example. And that's kind of why I do what I do, even if it's not my be-all, end-goal, dream career, per se. So now that's something that I've, I've foreseen in, in my line of work and what I want to do is to build that share of customer and to have very, very loyal understanding and, you know, deep relationship-based clientele. Because in the line of health, I think so many things are separated. And, right, you have, especially you see it when you go through an injury, right? Like you would as an athlete, right, you have 
a bunch of different people overlooking your health. Okay. You have yep. your coach who wants you to just be healthy. <laughs> doesn't care how or when or why or anything. He's like, you got to play. Right. But behind the scenes, you may have your athletic trainers and then you have your strength and conditioning coaches. And then you have someone coming in to do chiropractic work once or twice a week. And then injured, you may be getting outsourced to a physical therapist. And if you didn't, you know, if you had an orthopedic injury that needed diagnosis or, or needed an MRI or a CAT scan, you had to go see an orthopedic doctor. And depending on how bad it is, you might have to go see a surgeon to get that replaced. Right. Right. So now you're talking about eight different people trying to communicate about your health. And, you know, they may come to the realization that you broke a bone because you're calcium and vitamin D deficient. And now you have to go see a nutritionist. And now you have nine people, you know, consulting your health because no one is fluent in all areas. Right. No one is comprehensive of how the bodily systems work together and how to make them cohesively more resilient as an athlete and things of that nature. So from my perspective, that's clearly a, it's a crap load of information to learn and know, right? It, it's overwhelming. And of course. I think it is the trend of, of healthcare and where it's going in the next 25 years. I think it will be so much more holistically based. I think there will be specific individuals that have 10, you know, 10 people, right? It's about providing actual personalized care as opposed to a doctor right now who he may see over the course of a week, a five day, you know, week, he may see 200 patients. Right. And he spends 15 time, you know, 15 to 20 minutes with each patient. How well are you actually understanding what is going on with their health? You're going based off of blood pressure, uh, say, ah, and <laughs> um, <laughs> like cough, like, yep. all right. And then, you know, every six to 12 months, we'll do a, a blood test or something of that nature and you know make sure you get your shots like they're not getting into your lifestyle they're not understanding what's going on behind the scenes and that takes away from a lot of people's health i mean and it's proven right like there is uh we spend more money on healthcare than any other country in the world and we're the third sickest country in the world so (laughs) why are we spending that's a that's a new statistic for me today so why are we wow. spending so much money and not getting anywhere with it? Uh, it, it? It's pretty wild. So that for me is being able to provide that share of customer and not have to spread thin, but build loyalty and build understanding and build relationships that have depth and be able to help people on a, on a true journey and then send them on their way with the education, with the understanding of how to apply it to their life now. And now right. when the person walks away, okay, now go out and get you know, new customers and share your brand elsewhere on a different platform and try to bring in someone else. Mm-hmm. But 
for the time being, if, if I were to have five people that, you know, gave me full reins on, you know, here's, you know, here's what I am. I, I just want you to take control from a, a healthcare standpoint. What, what, what can you do for me from physical to, you know, um, fitness and nutrition and supplementation and massage therapy and uh, physical therapy and injuries, all the things that we can provide and, and go over as athletic trainers and provide that to the public general population. Literally just it's on a side note, because I, I get that people are going to be able to visually see it from your end, but as we're doing this right now in the heat of the moment, you could just see the passion when you talk about your line of work, dude. And just, just that in and of itself is why I agreed to hop on this. So power to you, just like you could, you really feel it. And I hope that people listening really get to feel it like they're in the room, even though ironically we're not in the room, yeah, but it feels like we're in the room. So, Oh yeah. We both need, uh, we both need some stuff on the wall. <laughs> But dude, no, you're you're hitting it right on the money with it. And as I was writing something down that you just made me, it, you sparked an idea. I was just thinking that, you know, business is really, when it comes to the retention, all this stuff and what you're trying to do, it, people forget how personal business is. I feel like we hear a lot of no to separate business from your personal when it comes to decision making, uh, limit who you spend your time with and stuff like that. But at the heart of it, all of retention marketing and all these sort of things comes from how can we be more personal so that this person is going to give us our like money. When you have a one-time client come in and do a workout with you and say, damn, this was dope. I'll consider it. That was a good lift. Appreciate it. Maybe I'll do some of those stretches that I saw on your Instagram versus the person putting on your shirt, buying your products, hyping it, talking about it. And not feeling like, oh, I just got scammed money. It's more of this provided value to my lifestyle and I'd like to then make something to give back to them. Most of the real differences in business that we appreciate are the personal aspects. And I feel like, it's just, here's another thing. When you, when you just start a business, when you want to think about funding, let's say you want to incorporate a new software onto your website that costs thousands of dollars. Outside of the people you would sell to, when you have no one, who are you going to ask for money? The most personal, closest people to you are always the first start until they f- you end up at the least personal where you go and get a business loan or something. Of the- you don't necessarily have to, per se, but even from the start of making a business, it's personal. So people have to really understand that. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And every, regardless of how big a company maybe right now it all started with one person's idea who just decided to take action that's right there's there like all of these major monopolizing companies which we it's a whole another conversation to have right like they started with one two at most maybe you know three to five people that all had this cohesive you know sort of idea and said okay let's go for it and now that's right that that company may employ 500,000 people around the country or around the globe, but it started with one, you know, and Honestly. that's why they say the graveyard is the best place for ideas. If you, you want to find <laughs> ideas, go to the graveyard because there's a crap load of them that just weren't taken action on. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to see that you're 
understanding now that like like we talked about it was it's cool to get into this mindset of like let me read let me understand where all Mm -hmm. of successful people are coming from what they learned and what the secret is and it's great to be in that mindset but then it's even more fulfilling to be like wait i understand it let me just go take action let me just that's right it's so different it's it's literally game-changing stuff it sounds so i feel like there's a time where words don't do it justice because if i told you if if let's say your mom told you right after this is done oh dill i did 50 push-ups you're gonna be like whoa that sounds pretty good but if your mom's been doing push-ups for like 50 days straight, starting with one push-up, she got to a point and does it. It's not as like interesting. It's not as surprising. It's like, yeah. you can do it, mom. In fact, yeah. you did. But words can be deceiving. Sometimes it's too much pressure to start. Sometimes it doesn't sound so interesting. But until you put the work in, you'll just never know. True, 110%. And, and then it's, you know. <laughs> Your face when I said that, by the way, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, analysis paralysis, right? Like, it's it's very easy to get caught up in like, okay, I've been doing the work for a week now. Like where's the results? (laughs) Oh yeah. You try to go back to, okay, like um, maybe I should just, you know, maybe I should just start reading and and writing all these things down and make sure everything. and, And, you know, you may have a list of, you know, three notebooks full of Mm -hmm. ideas, but if you don't start to actually put one to the test and, take one for the ride you're just never you're never going to understand it or be able to apply the concepts that you may or may not learn to other ideas because it's all a stepping stone absolutely it's so funny you mentioned that because i don't think that people understand that there's an entire industry that when you're talking about ideas where like licensing patents and all that sort of stuff yeah, people make money off of just buying your idea without it ever being implemented. So there's always, you can make ideas left and right. You could have the best idea. And unless you're just going to sell the idea and not do the work, you'll get so much farther nine times out of 10 just doing the work and seeing what's going to go from there. And even when you, you may patent something and you want to sell it, it's not easy to just go sell something, right? <laughs> without a doubt. You know what I'm saying? You have to put in the work to go find these companies or find these investors that want to actually, you know, invest in something that can benefit their company or uh, take them to a different level in terms of business, because that's what intrigues them. And it may not intrigue you, but you would still have to put in the work. Okay, let me make a sales pitch. Let me you know, make a, a pros and cons list as to why I should go to this company versus that company with the idea and all things considered, regardless of what it is, you have to put in work. Yeah. And literally on that note, when you talk about planning and all these sort of things, one of the biggest things I'd stress for is a budget. It doesn't really matter if you're moving or not. Um, I found that the one thing that has put me to a mentality of, Oh, today was a phenomenal day. Like I go into the office or leave doesn't matter. I say I had a great day to people and they're always a little thrown off. Like, why is it a great day? And I'm, I'm like, I don't know. Why was it a great, because it is, there's no other answer, but to get to that point of comfort day in, day out, 
started with a budget of, I know that every day that I'm here, I made a plan to be here and I'm following what is necessary to allow this to come to act, to come to fruition mm-hmm. and then not stop there. Like the budget doesn't end there, but just keep going a little bit. Most people that have made a ton of money and for argument's sake, let's just say millionaires because we could be here forever. Yeah. Some of the habits of most of these millionaires is that their lifestyle didn't change. They accumulate wealth at a faster pace because they've limited things taking their money. Yeah. When you start limiting those, then you just are instead focusing that time creating or doing what you got to do. You start to get to this point where you realize, oh, everything I'm doing is with a plan. Things become more phenomenal when you do that. Yeah. So it's just something to keep in mind. It's funny um, to, to break that down very simply and because this is one thing that's always hit me. And one thing that really hit me my junior or senior year was a quote that I heard, don't make your week end your week end or something like that, right? Like the, the oh. end of oh. your week, right? Yeah, I get what you're saying, right? End like weekend. Week yeah, yeah. So don't make your weekend your week end. And it goes so far to say those people accumulated wealth because they stopped spending so much. So if you work five days a week and you take home a thousand dollars a week, for example, someone in our scenario at, at our age, um, pretty average, right? Come out of, come out of high uh, out of college, make 52 grand a year. Um, yeah. Right. So, to keep it simple, you make a thousand dollars a week and over five days you put in work to, to earn that. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday and Sunday or Friday night and Saturday night, you go out and you spend $125 every weekend. And now that's $250 a weekend that you're flushing down the drain. That's a quarter of what you work for every week gone. And by the end of the month, you've now spent a week of your work time on going out over the course of eight days. And on top of that, that's the money that you are seeing after taxes, which are not up to debate. So you're already having money taken away from you. And you're like, well, I might as well spend some more of it. Yeah. (laughs) So now you get to the point where over a year, if you break that down, you spend $250 or you spend $1,000 a month going out. Now you've spent $12,000 going out uh, over the course of 104 days. And you're probably on your phone for half of it complaining, not valuing the things yeah. that you did. Yes. It's, and most uh, of it, right? And most of the people that you end up going out with are the ones that when shit hits the fan midweek, you don't even like enough or they don't like you enough or they don't care enough to answer the call or take your, you know, that's there it is. Understand where you're coming from because your relationship has been built on a flimsy pedestal. Um, And that, that just continues to blow my mind. And, you know, things like I need the new iPhone or things like, um, Oh my God, please don't even get me started. I need, right. Like I need is a big one that like, when we talk language, we got to change our language. I need is needs to leave. It just needs to get out of people's mouths and minds. Um, uh, I like that. I can't wait. Right. Because now I can't wait to go on vacation in January. 
well, now you've subconsciously told yourself that everything from now to January is... Like, what are you waiting for? Is that, exactly, everything it doesn't matter anymore because you just said you're just this. You're trying to get through it. Yeah, you're just mm -hmm. trying to get through it. You're trying to survive instead of thrive, right? You're trying to have a good day instead of, I'm going to have a phenomenal day. Because... Yeah, I'm and even, especially on that point, dude, it's like, I'm having a in my mind i'm having a phenomenal day every day and when i'm not it's very easy for me to get back to it being a good day from then on i'd rather have a million phenomenal days than like one best day of my life and then uh, so excellent yeah it's just like so so what don't no, what it's a terrible way to live exactly it's not sustainable either yeah, it's the same way people, you know, work five days a week because they can't wait for Friday. Like, I wish it was Friday. Absolutely. Then, right? Um, My favorite day of the week, by the way, is Sunday. I would have to agree. Um, and it's not because, like, I, I don't know. I used to have this thing about Sundays. Like, people just take Sundays off. But mm -hmm. for me, I, I think about it starting, it starts my week definitely uh um, i like that I've heard i've heard the rock talk about that as well like if if you can get yourself in a great mental state if you can put yourself in a position to be ahead of the curve for all of the things that are going to randomly pop up monday to mm -hmm. at you, right because so many things just pop up out of nowhere if you can prepare for that and be in a position of this is this is my plan for the week and, and i know what the certain things i need to prioritize now when things come at me i feel ready because on sunday i took the time to prep for my week and get ready and understand what was really important to me absolutely and another thing is you know i feel that for more often that we've kind of established saturday as that day of totally whatever you want to do you do it unrestricted if you want to go out unrestricted you go out unrestricted if you want to stay in some people it blows my mind you know sometimes it's great to stay in and not spend money but then you stayed in bed all day watching tv and it's like the only thing you did is utilize that one thing you were paying for and you got nowhere yeah. <laughs> so then for me i know that i have work monday now, my, one of my main bosses isn't there on Mondays, so it means that I'm going to have to be a little bit more aware of work of her not physically being in the office should I have a question. So I have to be more aware on Monday anyways. But if that Sunday is the hardest part of my week, people complain about Monday, and I'm like, oh, I had a great Sunday. I feel like I'm already halfway through the week. True. By the time it comes to Friday, I can't even look forward to Friday because I'm like, I forgot what day of the week it is because every day has been phenomenal. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it, man. I'm glad uh, glad you um, are taking that approach because I think it's easy to get lost when you move somewhere. For and sure. A lot of people seek out these, these things to make them forget where they left um, or, or what, what they quote-unquote gave up, right? Like, when I moved down here, people were like, dude, like, you know, you're just like going to leave everybody and like <laughs> lived in the same house for 20 years. Like you're just going to, you know, get out. And it's like, yeah, man, like I, it's, you know, 
it'll be there when I get back, hopefully. And if it's not, I mean, I, there's nothing I can do about it. But that's that's not going to deter me from trying to have good days. It's not going to make me want to just reach out to people and try to become, you know, something I'm not or, or become a part of a friend group just to have friends or go right. out yeah. go out and make it look like I'm having a grand old time every night and I'm making a bunch of money that I can just blow. All of that stuff um, is very easy to get caught up in when you make a transition and make a move, especially when our minds are young. Um, but I right. And we're inexperienced. We just haven't really gone through it yet. And sometimes when that initial move, be it physically getting up and going somewhere or a new job goal, if you haven't done it before. So I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And I think that goes to show just the, the wisdom beyond your years that you have for sure. I also, but we, one thing we have to really reiterate yet again is I did this all with not a, a master plan, so to say, but I knew where I was going. I didn't just, there was maybe two weeks of when I was after surgery, like, okay, where am I going to physically be next? That was the first thing I researched. I'm like, okay, I have a good friend group here. I have the best opportunities for my industry in here. So I I knew that going into my plan. And I know that sometimes you got to get out and change up your environment, but you also knew you didn't go to where you move thinking, wow, there are no opportunities here for me. Because if that was the case, you probably would just go work on a farm somewhere and maybe make a new nutritious product there. And I'd support it, but that was, <laughs> like you have to go into things with a plan a little bit. It just makes life so much easier. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. People always ask me, like, what made you move here? And I was like, well, one, uh, family, and two, the nutrition and fitness market here is is might be great through the roof (laughs) country so i mean it's it makes sense um there's just there's a plethora of opportunity here that if i couldn't tap into it then i would know this isn't the the career for me this is not what i was meant to do absolutely man i think we covered uh, a grand load of information um oh yeah without a doubt i'm gonna have to come back on here i'm not gonna invite myself obviously but man <laughs> it's always always a pleasure to catch up and have these sort of conversations dude no dude i, I definitely want to have you back on here um i think we have a lot more to tap into and then it'll also be great once you have your podcast up and going to um, oh yeah and you see guys that's that's the funny surprise right the job's not done yet it's not just this one conversation that he Dylan and I had that's magically going to change the universe. We have to not only probably talk after this, we're going to have to go and plan for another episode in a totally different scripted way. And then he's still going to have to go to work tomorrow and he's still going to have to eat and shower and everything. The grind does not stop. No. You really need to pick up on these things, man. Yeah, no, I, I think that's huge. I've actually mentioned to quite a few people this past week, uh, take every decision by its lonesome and try to do the best you can with that individual decision. And if you choose correctly and efficiently nine out of 10 times, it you're going to feel much, much better as opposed to looking at the first one and saying, damn, like 
you know, getting caught up on it. And then the second one starts to slip. And the third one starts yeah. to snowball. And the fourth one is huge. And you fall off a cliff at five. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you're, you're not even on the wagon. You're, <laughs> you're way off. You fell off the cliff. I mean, it, those things, um, like I said, language, I think, is a huge thing. So uh, I would totally agree. The grind doesn't stop. And um, I'm excited to to continue this uh, conversation and just collaborative effort of, you, you know, helping you get yours off the ground and you yes, sir. with mine. And even something is, as quick and easy as, hey, what what bank do you recommend? Uh, those things go a long way. And that's how that's how business becomes personal. And that's how. Uh, personal wisdom and life and experience becomes business. So, and that's how business becomes business. Also, true. honestly, <laughs> true, true, true. I like that. Uh, is there anything else that you want to uh, provide insight on or, or say to the audience? Yeah, actually, it's so funny. I had um, maybe an hour before this, I called someone to run an idea by them to see if they thought it was okay. So yeah, I actually do. Isn't that crazy? So. One of the things that I just want to leave people with, um, we didn't really touch it up to it that much today. So it might seem a little out of place, but I think it's a very important thing for a select group of people that if they hear this, they're just going to really appreciate it. Okay. And it's don't confuse creativity with personalization. And here's, here's what I mean by that. So you're trying to start, you have the podcast, you have your business, you have your life, career, girlfriend, and everything going. Now, anyone can do what you're doing. Anyone can do what I'm doing. And then some, the biggest name, you know, they started somewhere. Now that doesn't mean that people who are entrepreneurs necessarily are, oh, they have this entrepreneurial mindset. They're creators. They're the risk taker mentality. I'm not like that. Therefore I shouldn't get involved. I just need to make more money in my job. Mm -hmm. One of the things in my three month evaluation that stood out to me was like, Sam puts a little bit of personalization on every project he tackles. And this is, mind you, at my company, there's something where it's a little more routine to give the consistency of the layout of branding. Yeah, yeah. And I try to mess with it as much as I can just for distinction purposes. And I think that when you're going about your life and you hear us talk about budgets, you hear us talk about relocation, moving, doing this, being focused, disciplined, try putting a little bit of personalization into things you do so that it's maintainable, it's distinctive. People know it's what makes you, you. It's your little bit of pop. And I think it goes quite a long way and it makes things more enjoyable, right? When you're cooking, you get a recipe. After the 40th time you've cooked it, you're not reading the recipe. You've added your little amounts Maybe I'll take a little bit of this out, a little more salt. You got to keep playing with the formula. But add that personalization to everything that you start to do and see how your life changes. And that's what I want to leave you guys with. Dude, I love that. I think uh, I, I always think of it as um, the special sauce. It is, man. And the thing is, there's just so much with terminology. One of the things about the podcast that I'll also leave them off with, Dill, is that I'm trying to really start a war on terminology i feel that people read things and get scared might not start or this is too complicated but then if i ask them some of the things that they've done in their 24 hours today 
might blow my mind based on the words they used to phrase it. Mm-hmm. So it's just personalize, work on what you got to do and stop being afraid of the words and turn the words into action so that people can make your actions into words. Whoa, I like that. That's a great place to end. I'm out here thinking on a Sunday, dude. It's my favorite day. It's a phenomenal day, bro. Phenomenal day. And a phenomenal podcast. And I'm super excited to hear uh, the why applied and get into that um, because it starts in a month, guys. It's going to be live. starts in a month. I literally have laid it out. It's it's time to go, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to – get you back on here hopefully get on yours as well and um i'll come in soon continue to build this relationship bro um everyone i want to thank you for listening watching uh be sure to check out sam and everything he's doing also uh in his bio you can follow the podcast uh link yep. um for the why applied he's got that up and going and uh all the support will go a long long way so definitely Absolutely. And I'm going to be pushing stuff on the LinkedIn platform too. Cool. I love that. I think LinkedIn's, um, uh, Gary Vee's talking about how untapped it is right now and how uh, it's very organic. The reach is great. I'm going to start doing some of that, you know, more myself as well. I have, but I haven't been as consistent as I want to be. So all in all guys, um, You'll be able to to find Sam uh, in the description below. All of his links uh, will be on there, Instagram and uh, LinkedIn, um, Twitter, maybe YouTube. Uh, we'll figure all that stuff out. It'll be- Absolutely, yes, uh, sir. And then uh, we'll even put the podcast link in there once it's up and going. So. Oh, man. Okay. Awesome, dude. All right. Appreciate that. No worries. Appreciate you, man. I'm glad you took the time. Um, and let's let's have another phenomenal day and another. That's right, bro. Dude, take that away. Tomorrow's a phenomenal day. After, as you're listening to this, it's a phenomenal day. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep going. Keep it up. The sky is not the limit. We are limitless. There it is. Wow, that's a good ending, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Please, y'all, if you were able to take anything from today's podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and anybody looking to live that free and limitless lifestyle. Or you could even write a review or leave a comment down below for us. It'll be greatly appreciated. Also looking to partner with the best of the best in the brands and services that are going on in these industries that I'm discussing here with guests. And I believe we have some. So please go check them out and support them whenever possible. You will not be disappointed. All right, y'all. So let's get into it. Today's podcast was sponsored and brought to you by Limitless Theory Apparel Store. So last month, Sober October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we did some fundraising. We were able to raise $50, not a whole lot. But, hey, it's better than nothing, and it wouldn't have been possible without your help. So thank you guys for what you were able to bring to the table. With that being said, uh, that'll be donated to a Breast Cancer Awareness Foundation within the next week or so. And I'm looking forward to letting you guys know what foundation that is and when that happens. 
so be on the lookout. Secondly, today's podcast was brought to you by Nutrimetrics.com backslash Limitless Theory. Nutrimetrics is the amazing platform that I've been able to partner with as a certified athletic trainer and health professional and have access to things like skincare analysis and nutraphysical analysis and questionnaires along with genetic testing and customized cocktail supplementation. So many, so many amazing things with tons and tons of free resources and education out there for you guys to take advantage of. So I really, really, really advise you guys to go check out the website, Nutrimetrics.com backslash Limitless Theory. And you guys could find yourself earning some cash back if you purchase products or services through that. Um, Please let me know if you have any questions and want some help. And lastly, today's podcast was brought to you by Ristelli's. Ristelli's is a really, really awesome platform for getting anything from fish and beef and chicken and all sorts of seafood delivered directly to your house. As a shop.com customer, you can shop Ristelli's on the one cart platform and get 2% cash back. And if you are an unfranchised owner, don't forget you get 22% IBV when you purchase Ristelli's. So go check out what they have to offer. They do $5 shipping and free shipping on orders of $125 or more. And you can save $10 on your first purchase with the code SAVE10, all capitalized, SAVE10. So check that out. And I will look forward to talking to you guys next week. As mentioned before, these partnerships are really cultivating the relationships that are going to allow this podcast podcast to continue on for the listeners, for the viewers, and for myself and the whole Limitless Theory community. So please go check them out and support whenever and wherever you can. Uh, It definitely won't go unnoticed, and I'm forever grateful. Thank you, and take care.